Hi, sisters. I'm so happy to be with you guys again. Today, we are going to be talking about discipleship. We are going to be talking about what are the five things that Jesus said the characteristics will be of somebody who is his disciple. And I'm taking this out of a class that we are teaching on Friday nights, and I'm going to start giving you what we're going through with our discipleship class, that we have a group of people that we're discipling and teaching in person. And so I really hope that this benefits you. I know that you'll love it. it, it it's going to be refreshing because I know what it's doing for all of us in our class and and how it will help you in on the podcast. You know I'm passionate about discipleship, right? So this is what it's all about right here. Discipleship. What does it mean to follow Jesus Christ? Enjoy the teaching. God bless you. Hi, family. Welcome to God's Word Transforming Lives. Are you wanting to learn the Bible verse by verse, one letter at a time, with real life application? Then this podcast is for you. My name is Amy, and I have been teaching the Word of God to women for over 15 years now. I came out of some trauma from my childhood, and it left me feeling so empty. And after searching high and low with everything the world had to offer, I always came up short until I learned the Word of God for myself. And it was in that that I became transformed. So if you would like to be transformed by God's Word, then stick around and let's do this together. Did you know that I have a study guide that I have written, sisters just like you, who really want to know the deeper things of God, who want to understand God's attributes like love, God is truth. God is righteous. He's just. What does it mean that he's omnipresent and omniscient? And what does that mean for you personally? When people talk about Jesus and being justified and sanctified and to be redeemed, and how can you apply it to your daily life? And so many other questions like, can we really trust the Bible? And who are we as man? Is hell real? These are great questions that we need to know the answers to as we are walking in our Christ-like faith. To love him is to know him. And Jesus said that we will be worshiping him in spirit and truth. And it is the truth that sets us free. So if you want to go deeper in your walk with God and have more understanding of the things that he has truly done for you and know more of the word for yourself, I highly recommend this study guide. I will have a link for you in the show notes on where you can get it. It is on Amazon and it's called Equipping the Saints. I hope this episode blesses you. Hi, sisters. So recently, I have been teaching a discipleship class in person at my area church. And we do this on Friday nights. And we started it uh, several, a couple months ago. And I've been wanting to get some of these teachings out to you guys because it's been so beautiful. And this is a discipleship class. It literally is being a disciple of Jesus. And what does that look like? What does that even mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? And what does it mean to be discipled in his name? And so these are kind of some of the things that we have been going through these last couple of months. And I'm going to do separate teachings of uh, the teachings that I have been putting together with my husband. Me and my husband both teach the class together, and it has been absolutely beautiful. And he has put, brought a lot of teachings together. So I'm kind of bringing those teachings to you guys as well. If you are in the Northeast Ohio area, Akron, Canton, 
uh, surrounding community, you're more than welcome to come out to the Friday night discipleship classes. They're a lot of fun. We um, eat a meal together. We labor through the scriptures together. We uh, talk among one another about discipleship or about the that we are talking about in that particular night. We go out and do outreaches together. We just got done with a retreat that we had done as a Friday night class, and that was so beautiful. So definitely, if you're in the area, I would love to have you come out. If not, then, you know, stick around because you're still going to get so much from these teachings because this really is my heart. If you have not already um, kind of seen that through listening to this podcast or watching my YouTube videos, I love discipleship and I'm passionate about it. I, I, it's something that was missing for me in the church for so long and I longed for it, but could just never truly find it. And we need it. We need one another. We need to have people to help us labor through the scriptures together. It's how God designed his church. And we're going to kind of touch on that tonight. So let's just delve into what is a disciple? Well, a disciple is somebody who follows the teachings or the philosophies of another person. In our instance, we are following the teachings of Jesus Christ. And where do we find those teachings is in the word that was left for us, the holy scriptures that have been God-breathed for us. And so, because Jesus is the word. And so we find our teacher's lessons, our teacher's commandments in the Bible. And so it means that we follow those teachings. We follow those commandments. And so tonight I'm going to have five different, uh, things that says, what is a disciple? Five characteristics of someone who follows Jesus Christ. And so number one, we're going to start with a disciple of Christ is one, someone who follows the teachings of Jesus Christ. Just kind of talked about that. We get that from John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he, it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. So you see Jesus saying, it's those who keep my commandments, those who read my word. They're not just hearers of the word, but they are students of my word and they are doers of it, right? James chapter one, verse 22 but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. See, a lot of people today, they hear the word, they go to church, they listen to the sermon, but they're not actively walking out the very scriptures in which they're learning. They say, oh, that's a good message or that's a good point, but are we actively walking it out? Are we truly disciples of Jesus Christ? First John 2, 3 through 6. And this, and by this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him truly, the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. You guys, that is such a high calling. Talk about this a lot, and I I, um, ponder this even in my own life so much. First of all, Jesus says, if whoever keeps my commandments, that's who loves me. It's those who obey him that truly love him. There's a lot of people out there say, oh, I love Jesus. Yeah, I'm a Christian. But they're not obeying the very word of God. They're not obeying what it means to be a Christ follower. And John is backing up here 
what Jesus said, that if you say you love Jesus, but you don't obey his commandments, you're a liar. And God is not in you and he's not with you. And that's a harsh reality, but it's the truth. The truth is not in him. That's what it says here. But he says, if you keep his word, then you are protected and perfected by God and he abides in you. But I love this last part. This is the high calling that's so like that we all have to um, wrestle with every day. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way way that he walked. This is truly a disciple of Jesus Christ. When I say I'm a Christian, I say I'm a Christ follower, then I am saying that I walk just as Jesus walked. That's a high calling, my friends. Do I do that perfectly? No, certainly not. Thank you for the imputation of Jesus Christ. And if you have not heard the imputation of Jesus Christ, go back onto the podcast and um, it's one of my first teachings because it's one of my favorite doctrines. But we all need God's grace and his mercies are new every morning. However, that is the standard. That is the command. And so we should be actively seeking to walk as he walked, to listen to his commands. So number two, what is a disciple? Well, someone who bears the fruit of being a Christ follower. So Jesus tells us there's actually fruit that we should look for in a Christ follower. So we're going to go right to John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the, because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you... Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But by the father, but this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. So here's Jesus saying, those who abide in me are the true branch and they will bear good fruit. How do you know who Jesus's true disciples are? Well, Jesus says here, they bear much fruit. They've, they're glorifying the father with their life. They're representing Christ in what they do, how they act, the things that they participate in. That's what proves that you're truly a disciple, according to Jesus. What is some of the fruit that he's talking about here? Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so we see again that fruit that Jesus is talking about, that someone who is a follower of Jesus Christ they're walking in love. They're walking in patience and goodness and joy and kindness and gentleness. They have self-control, right? They're faithful people. We are also walking in holiness and righteousness. We are not living and looking and acting like the world. And, and we're going to go on to that one next um, right now. So what's number three? So what is it to be a disciple? A disciple is also someone who has come out from among the world out from among sinful living and ungodly activities. 2 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, 
I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. See, we're sons and daughters of the Almighty God now. If we're truly a disciple of Jesus Christ, we have been grafted into the vine. We've been adopted into this new family. And we're now representing our new family. We're carrying the name of Jesus. And in that, we are to come out from among the world and be separated from it. We should look different, act different, talk different, walk different, participate in different things than the pagans of the world do. Doesn't mean we're better than, doesn't mean we go out and judge the world. God forbid, Jesus says, we do not judge the world for God is the only one who can judge the world. We have to have compassion on the world because we were once a part of that world. But God so graciously saved you and I out of the dark and dying world and he adopted us into his family. But now we have a great responsibility to represent Jesus Christ and his teachings. And so we don't participate in idolatry and all these things. And that's what we're going to talk about here now in Ephesians 5, 1 through through 12. This is what somebody should look like who is a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is the things we should not participate anymore. It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. So we just talked about, you've been adopted, Romans 8, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. But here's where these things should not be named among us. Are you ready? Starting in verse three, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, be, let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord and take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them for it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. Wow, saints, that's something that you might want to go back and really reread again. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Again, if we're to be imitators of God, we are his beloved children, then we need to walk as Christ walked, love as he loved, but also do not participate and practice the things of this world like sexual immorality and impurity and drunkenness and 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 uh, cussing, through jokes, filthiness. Entert- what's our entertainment like? Is our entertainment filthy? We're to be keeping our minds on things which are pure and holy, and we don't want to be deceived. We are not children of darkness anymore. We are the children of light. And it doesn't just say that we're to walk as he walked in this way, but we're also to expose darkness. We're to be light bearers that preach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this isn't easy. In a world where we live in everything is relevant, truth is relevant, 
um, a relative and we, it's, it's however you feel and your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and who are you to judge and all these things that get thrown at us. But the truth is the word of God exposes darkness. It exposes the sin of humanity. And we don't just expose the sin just to expose it and then leave them there hurting and in pain, but rather we have the balm of Gilead, right? We have exactly what they need as their sin has been exposed through the truth of the gospel. We have the gospel, the good news. I have a remedy for your sin. I have a remedy for what you're going through. And that is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And it's so beautiful. It's just, we're so often, we're ready to give the good news, but we're not willing to expose why they need the good news. And there is a balance to this. And that's probably for another podcast. But anyways, so again, we're not to have anything to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose it. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 goes on to say, now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is important, you guys. A lot of teachers out there today, a lot of people out there today are trying to convince you that you can live this way and still go to heaven. But God says, no, that's not the standard for my children. We're not to walk in these things. Now we fall and we stumble and we mess up. Of course, thank you for the imputation of Jesus Christ, for his grace and his mercy that's been given to us. But this should not be the practice of a true born again believer. And we need to repent and we need to confess our sins. And we need, and repentance means a turning away from changing our mind about that and going, you know what? I've changed my mind about sexual immorality and I'm not going to participate in that anymore. I love God more than I love whoever I am sexually engaged with. Oh, I'm not going to get drunk anymore. I'm not going to be a part of uh, these parties that are uh, dark parties that are having drugs and alcohol and dark music. And no, my God would not be there uh, participating in those things. So I'm willing to come out from among all of that. And it says here in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, you know, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. You know, we wouldn't participate in the world if we didn't love it, right? We wouldn't participate in sin if we didn't enjoy it. If sin didn't, if, if we got the consequence of sin immediately, we would stop participating in it. But sin does temporarily feel good. And in that moment, it feel, it satisfies the flesh, the sin that still dwells within us. And so we have to learn to stop gratifying the flesh and to tell the flesh no. And to say, I follow a new master now. And that master is Jesus Christ. And I love him more than I love the sin that I used to participate in. And that's where we start to mature and grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Another uh, evidence that you are a disciple of Christ or what a disciple of Christ looks like is someone who loves the other children or the other disciples of Christ. This is so important. That's how we're to be known is by our love. Look at John, cha- or John 13, 34 through 35. 
where Jesus is talking here. He says, man, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is the evidence that we're truly born again is how we treat one another. And I know this is hard. I have, I, I don't know about you, but I have been through so much church hurt. I have been treated worse by professing Christians than I am treated by the world. And that is an oxymoron. That should never be. But unfortunately, I think we have a lot of um, false converts in the church. I think we have a lot of people that haven't been discipled. I think we have a lot of wolves in sheep's clothing. And so we're experiencing a lot of these things. But just know this, God always has a remnant. Your brothers and sisters, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And so we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We have to understand we're living in the end days. And hearts of men are growing cold. Apostasy is running rampant. People are falling away. And the enemy, Satan, has has sown a lot of tares among the wheat inside the church in order to upset the unity of the church. And so first and foremost, I want to say this. If you have been hurt by the church, if you've been hurt by people who profess Christ, I want to just apologize to you on behalf of, of Christianity, on behalf of the church as a whole. Hurting people hurt people. And that is not who Christ is. And he commanded that we love one another and that our love would actually be the witness that would be the, for the lost and other in the dying world that we are truly born again, that we're, we're separated from the world and, and something supernatural has happened inside of us because we have such great love for one another. Don't give up on the body of Christ. His sons and daughters are everywhere. And I pray that if you aren't surrounded by, even if it's a small group of brothers and sisters, that you will find your tribe, you will find your remnant and that the Holy Spirit will lead you to them. It is so important that you have a tribe and a people that you are walking out this life with. And it's not always pretty because even those who are born again, we are still um, people who are wrestling with the sin that still dwells in us. And so we still make up, make mistakes and mess up and say stupid things and do stupid things. But that's where love covers a multitude of sin. And hopefully... Um, it helps us to grow in one another in our imperfections. So Romans 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. And next week for the discipleship, we are actually going to be doing how to honor one another. And it's it's really beautiful. First John 4.20, If anyone says, I love God and hate his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God. Whom he has... How can he love, how can he not love his brother who he has seen, but love God who he has not seen? Excuse me. Love is very important to God. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus so loved the father that he put on a human tent to die a criminal's death for you and me. First was his love for the father, the obedience to the father, his love for him, and then his love for you and me. It all starts with love. It all ends with love. It's all about love. And the, and the final point I want to make here today, what does it mean to be a disciple? And this is very important. 
is someone who is actively producing more disciples. That's literally the Great Commission. We're all called to be discipled and then to make more disciples. That's how the church grows and matures. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of age. This was something that I struggled with. I could not find true discipleship. And because of that, it took me longer to mature and to grow and learn what I could have learned so much sooner if I would have had a a group of people that I was doing life with that would disciple me, if I could have had a Titus woman that would come alongside of me, that would teach me the word of God, help me sort out things that I'm going through in life, helping work these things out. As it talks about in Titus 2, 1 through 8, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith and love and steadfastness. And older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine, They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may be reviled, will not be reviled. And it goes on, but I just want to take that portion out. It is important as older men and women of the church of God that have been, and older could mean, you know, being a Christian for a long time, really knowing the word of God, being studious, living out a lot of life um, scenarios. We've got life experience. It's not necessarily age, though. I do believe typically your older men and women are those of, you know, gray hair, kind of being the gray hair uh, era or age. And we are to help raise up younger women, whether in the faith, newly to the faith and or um, even if they're older, but they're newer to the faith and they need they need discipled up. I believe that we always need to be being discipled in one way or another, and then we should be making disciples. And I just want to encourage you in that. And maybe you think, man, but I don't know anything. I don't, I've been saved very long, or I've been saved for a long time, and no one's discipled me. If you have been saved any amount of time, you know something, you know more than somebody who has, does not know Jesus at all. And you can go out and preach the gospel and and give them the glorious good news and bring them under your wing and read the Bible together. And then hopefully you can find an older Titus woman to come alongside of you guys and, you know, help teach and guide in those things. And so I want to just leave you with that. Uh, if you are someone who just needs to bounce some things off, you just need to have a conversation. Maybe you have questions, you know, go to my website book a free call with me. I'm not here. I'm not going to charge you anything to do that. I'm not, um, I'm not here to make money at discipleship. I genuinely understand that there is a need for discipleship out there. And I want to help you in any way that I can to learn God's word. That's why I have the podcast. That's why I have YouTube. And, um, it's why I do so much in my own local church and trying to raise up, um, young women and in, uh, in, in the word of God. And I work alongside my husband as we work with couples. And it, it, this is our, this is our passion. We see the great need of it. And so I just want to say, I am here. Um, I do offer grief recovery classes for anyone who has had any type of loss. I, we've all had loss, whether we've lost our health, lost our job, we've lost a loved one, a parent, we, you know, we've had lost a grandparent, 
You know, it's not, maybe you've gone through a divorce. Maybe you just had a really bad breakup um, with someone, you know, or lost a best friend. There's so many different types of losses. There's actually 40, over 40 different types of losses that humans go through. And we really don't know how to grieve. Now, those classes I do charge for, but you have a free consultation. If you want to talk more about grief recovery, I'm offering some online classes right now. I'd love to talk to you more about that. But if you just want to talk Bible and you need some clarification on some things, book a call with me. We'll get on, we'll talk, and um, I'll try to guide you in the right direction to the best of my ability. And the very last verse I want to leave with you. Thank you for staying with me this long. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So it goes right back to what it means to be a disciple. A disciple imitates Jesus Christ and all that he did and all of his teachings. And it starts with knowing the word of God, not just knowing it, but doing it, being a true disciple of Jesus Christ, representing him in this earth. And that's a high calling, my friend. We don't want to misrepresent God. You've probably met somebody who really misrepresented Christ and it probably really hurt you or you know someone who it's really hurt them and it's hurt their walk or maybe they don't even want to be having anything to do with Christianity because they had such a bad experience with someone who called themselves a Christian and we don't want to be that person. And so that's where discipleship comes in. We help one another, iron sharpening iron, so that we can mature in Christ and walk as he walked. And we do that together. God created us to be a community and to be a family. We're not supposed to be lone rangers. We need one another. He designed it that way. We are one body, 1 Corinthians 12, and he is the head of that body. I love you guys so much. I look forward to sharing these discipleship classes with you as we go along. And hopefully you live around here and I can actually meet you someday. If not, book a call with me and I can meet you on Zoom. God bless you and have an awesome week. Lord, I just want to lift up my sisters to you, God, and I ask that you touch each and every one of them right where they're at. I thank you that you did leave us this beautiful manual so that we can know what is expected of us so we can learn and grow. But not only that, you left us the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God dwelling inside of us to teach us and guide us through the word and give us the power to overcome this world, to live in victory, to be sanctified, to be made holy so that we can walk as Jesus walked. Though not perfectly, certainly we are striving and trying. And God, I just ask that you help my sisters and myself to continue to represent you well on this earth. Help us to be in community and family and continue to iron sharpen iron to disciple one another. Lord, bless their homes and their families. Bless their lives. Lord, I love them. And we all love you. And we really are wanting to mature and grow and be more like your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for another day and another opportunity to serve you. Help us to do it well. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sisters. Until next time. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would. Head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's Word. Again, 
Don't forget, guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.